Let's hear it. Let's hear it. All right. Let it's me a, think of it. I thought of it this morning, so let me rethink of it and good. get it lined up. Give our audience a good roast joke for old Jared <laughs> fat ass right here. Um Okay, I got it. Okay. All right. This guy. Oh no, I lost a wired headphone. If only I had a company like Raycon sponsoring today's episode. Raycon, I need headphones. All right, guys, my next guest. I am so happy to have her on the show. Uh, we really clicked at a lot of comedy clubs, and I just, I'm excited to get to know her more. Please welcome Sarah Buntane. What's going on, Sarah? Hello. Hey, welcome to the you? show. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Welcome to Unloading Meat. Love it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> uh, how are you today? I'm so good today. Thank, yeah. thank you so much. I mean, I know it's a trip to be out here a little bit from the Tulsa area. Not a problem. But uh, I'm grateful for everybody that comes on the show. This is a great setup. Thank this you. Is, yeah, this is a great setup. And this is my first time to sit in a podcast setup. So I don't have much to compare it to, but I feel like it's you. I want to yeah. set, set the bar high. You, I feel like you <laughs> I, I have. I tried to. <laughs> I feel like you have. I didn't do any research, but I'm telling you, I think you've got a great setup here. Well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so tell me a little bit about yourself. How, uh, how long have you been doing comedy? This is my 12th week. I started okay. the first week of January. Nice. Um, but I wanted to do comedy since the age of 22. And then um, I started doing it at the age of 50. So I do I get some kind of procrastination award for that? <laughs> I feel like, you know, I need like a little, at least a little ribbon. We don't have something. participation awards yeah. yet in comedy, but I mean, we can get procrastination. Procrastination awards. But that's where I, I need to be. I kind of feel like that's every comedian is a procrastinator a little bit. <laughs> that's what got us here. We couldn't hold down a regular job. Oh my gosh. That uh, truth hurts. <laughs> uh, uh, I just, I'm late to everything. Can't help oh it. my gosh! I so tried to be on time today, it, I, girl. I'm just like preach, like just completely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, don't leave me hanging. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I I can't help it. I'll set five alarms, and somehow, some way, mm -hmm. something in the universe yeah. happens, and I'm one minute late, no matter what I do. Yeah. Yep. And all my friends are like, "You're just fucking lazy," and I'm like, well, "I know." <laughs> well, I think I've got some. I was thinking about it on the way here. It's like Sarah. You know, I had this whole plan. I was going to leave an hour and a half early to give myself time to stop, you know, whatever. Anyway, I had the plan in place. But I think there's something psychological to it because when I have people coming over to my house, yeah, I hope and pray they're at least 10 minutes late. If they're on time, it's almost a problem. I, You know what I, I mean? Like feel I, just exactly, I feel exactly the same way. And then some people show up 10 minutes early and then I'm just like. That's 20 minutes yeah. of shit that I needed to do. Like, I don't even have deodorant on now. That's kind of the way I love this show is just like it lets me get to know mm -hmm. each person and really develop a friendship with each person. Yes. Because um, there's just times where I'm like, I'm not the person that's going to be like, hi, I'm Jared Ralph Yell. I'm not nice to meet you and right. go down the line. I'm just right. not that guy. Yeah, I, um, I'm that guy. <laughs> I'm, I need to be business wise. And I know I'm 
uh, cognizant of it. Yeah. So like I try to be more outgoing. I just yeah. I'm naturally not that person. Right. Um, just anxiety and everything. So mm-hmm. I try not. I try to put myself out there as much as possible, but this is really where I can get to notice yes. somebody. Yes. And I'm more apt to have a friendship from this than mm-hmm. being at a bar and hanging out with somebody in an hour. Yeah. Just the noise is out of the way and it's just like, hey, yeah. let's get to know somebody and let's just yes. see, you know. True connection. Yeah. Not the fluff of, hey, yeah. what kind of beer do you like or what kind of music do you like? Like that. And kind of talking about dating earlier. Yeah. Just the same conversations over and over and over with zero depth to them. It's crazy weather we have today, right? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like any conversation that could also be done while you're waiting in line at a convenience store mm-hmm. is not a great day conversation. And then there's no, there's no, no there, there's no connection. <laughs> I mean, I know you got to start somewhere. Yeah. And some of that to a point is necessary. But if it goes on and on and on, like if I've had three dates with you and I still don't know anything about you, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. So, 12 and, weeks in, mm-hmm. you said on comedy. Congrats. Thank you. I've seen your shit. It's very funny. Oh, good. And, Thank uh, you. I think I even, yeah, I filmed your, that one. I sent you that clip. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, from my shitty cam that night that they had no focus. No, it's great. <laughs> Who are your biggest comedy influences? Like, like say, like, favorite comedian. So, um, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with Jerry Seinfeld, and honest to God, I don't know exactly why. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's an honest answer. Uh, maybe it's because it's, he's just been in my comedy mind for so many years. Um, I can see that. Yeah, I um, and he's. I think he's a. I think he's a unique writer, and uh, he's just fun. Um, like I said, I. When you were talking earlier, I wanted to start comedy when I was 22, and then I started it at the age of 50. Yeah. So in between, I, I'm a studier. I observe. I study things. And I didn't realize that not everybody does that um, until, like, the last 10 years. It kind of started sinking in. But anyway, so I just pay attention to a lot of things. Yeah. And so I have been observing comedy for all these years. So I, I've got everybody in my head. From Mel Brooks to, oh, I mean, Jack Benny, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, just going all the way back. And and then, but now Leanne Morgan um, is kind of a, her, her deal is unique because she kind of did it part-time. And then after her kids left home, she's now on tour blowing up. She's got a Netflix, but she's just, and she's a 50-something-year-old woman, you yeah. know, who raised kids or whatever. Um, so that's kind of unique. Chelsea Handler. Uh, we are BFFs in my own mind. You know, I, I've watched her since 2007, her very first episode of her very first thing that she did on E, on e which yep. was okay. Yeah. It was uh, just. I, I, yeah, I was aware of Gerald she back then. She's the, yeah. completely different from anything else you'd see on like E or anything yeah. else. Just like, yeah. She just did not give. Felt raw. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to. Can I shit, swear? You can swear everything. Yeah. Okay. okay. Fuck shit. Yeah, everything. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> we just don't do it in the first 30 seconds because YouTube doesn't like it. But that's that's, that's right. why we do the intro and everything. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. So, so other than anyway, that, yeah. she did not get, she had no fucks to give. And that's, it kind of reminded me of like, did you ever watch like back when Howard Stern did his show on E back in the day? Like they used to have like 30 minute clips of his show on E with a video version. Oh, I know. I He's done so many things. Yeah. Like, and I haven't really played Coast of- Oh, paid close attention sure. to him. <laughs> well, like before but, Chelsea on E, um, Howard Stern, they had a thing where like he would do like basically clips of his show was shot video wise. OK. And they would put it edited on, on E and have his kind of stuff like oh. that. 
and it was raw on E. It was back yeah. in the early nineties. Yeah. And then Chelsea came in. Yeah. Um, and that was the first thing on E where I'm like, wow, this is actually kind of felt like that, where it's just raw and it's yeah, just, just somebody raw. just doing whatever the fuck they want. Yes. And yes. It, I love that. Yes. Yes. Um, I love that. And especially for a woman, um women hesitate a lot and for good reasons, you know, yeah. whatever. And she just knew her own mind, she knew her own path, and I admire that so much because for so many years I was shy i was shut down i was locked down i didn't have any access to my own voice or creativity or anything so i admire someone who can do that at a young age yeah yeah and, and that's kind of where i am now is like um i talked on a podcast yesterday about it um i go where i'm not really into like oh i don't like this genre of music i like kind of like all mm -hmm. kind of types i'm not really defined by that i go where i can really notice talent yeah. Um, if I see how much work is going into mm -hmm. something and how much skill is taken to be yeah. in that, I'm going to be a fan of their work. Yeah. Um, that led me like, there's a guy named Oliver tree right now. Yeah. Um, real young artist, but you could tell like how much freaking effort he's putting into yeah. stuff and how good it is. Yeah. And I'm just a fan. Yeah. Uh, and then like, you know, that goes in the country, hip hop, mm -hmm. anything, but that also goes to music comedy. You can just mm -hmm. see well-written stuff. And yeah. I, like you, I kind of feel like, I pick up on the little details and I mm -hmm. notice things. And that's kind of what led me to build this. Yeah. It was just like during COVID, I really got into podcasts because that was just really what saved me and gave me an outlet to mm -hmm. like find some entertainment. Cause I was in a dark place yeah. and we talked off camera. I was yeah. in a really dark place during then. Yeah. Um, and then I saw people like Burt Kreischer, Tom Segura oh, yeah. and Bobby Lee's a big hero of mine. Mm -hmm. uh, they were like trapped. They couldn't do stand up, and yeah. they were trying to find outlets and, that turned into them doing more into podcasting and just seeing that creativity. Cause I'm a big believer of like, yes, there's restrictions on certain things. Like there's clubs that don't want you to do a lot of like fucks every five seconds, stuff like mm -hmm. that. And there's rules on certain things, but sometimes that leads to creativity. You, you right. figure out how to get around those rules or figure right. out how to work within those rules. At least a lot of creativity. Yes. If you play it right. Yes. Um, and I saw that with podcasting. These guys were like, I need an outlet. And so they, dub, they mm -hmm. put everything into podcasting yep. and I'm like, man, if they can do it, Mm -hmm. With three cameras and a setup and stuff like that, I'm mm -hmm. surely like, this inspired me and it led yes. to this, mm -hmm. and yes. that's kind of where I'm at. So yeah. I picked up on all those details from every little podcast I've watched. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I wouldn't say so much of a fan as like I'm like trying to be like my own personal student of it mm -hmm. of the yeah. game. Same yes. way with stand up, mm -hmm. I'm like taking notes and stuff yeah. like that, like timing and yeah. energy. Yeah, uh, I really try to put a lot of work into this shit. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I do that too. Like I said, I started in January, been doing it 12 weeks. I have attended, observed, and listened to way more shows than I've ever actually performed. I only do stand up about once a week. Yeah. Well, lately it's gotten busier. I've done two or three different weeks, but for the, for the most part, I do one a week, but I might go out four nights a week yeah. and I'm learning. Yeah. I'm learning venues. I'm learning hosts. I'm learning yeah. comedians. I'm learning vi um, atmosphere. I'm, you know, I noticed I'm that, 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 that night after it. the Looney Bin when and then you went to the Hunt Club and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And you were just hanging out. Are you, are you yeah. signed up? You're like, no, I'm just going to hang out. No. And yeah. Like, I noticed that. Like, because if you're speaking, you're not learning. <laughs> I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like. Yes, I and, have to speak in order to do comedy, yeah. of course. I have to do my stuff. Yeah. But that's just maybe, you know, 25% and, I of mean, it. There's so, yeah, like, we're all starting out new. Yeah. I love the class of 2023, or yeah. whatever we want to call ourselves. Yeah. But um, watching uh, um, people 
advance their talents from week to week. Yeah. Like every week there's an advancement. Yeah. Every week there's improvement. Every week there's another aspect that they're trying yeah. and getting good at. Like so fun to watch. Yeah. I love seeing the progression. I'm, I'm really happy, like you said, I'm happy with the, the class of 2023 of yeah. like what's going on in Tulsa Comedy. It's a good 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 class of people I'm, I'm noticing. It is. Uh, and I think we're all kind of bonding. There's no clicks, yeah. which I am so thankful for. I'm That is the most, it's just people share their ideas. They yeah. compliment each other. You walk in the room, they're like, hey, Sarah. But, uh, Fist bumps, there, like everything. There, there are clicks. Well, I will yeah, say, but I'm not you, saying it's click free. No, every no. place has clicks. But I'm just saying, like as a general, like yes, you're yeah. right. Like everybody has been super supportive. Even yeah. some of the click, the click things, that, and quote yeah. unquote clicks, they're yeah. still supportive in their own way. Yes, yes. I've it, not felt like there's one big click and I'm on the outside. Oh of it. no, 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 never yeah. that. No, 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 no. But in, I mean, human nature. There's going yeah. to be. That's a safety mechanism. Yeah, let's, there's going to be like, groups of friends. Circle the wagons. Yeah. Let's we're our own little. Uh, whatever Ross was said on whatever. his episode, we're all damaged toys here, and so like yes. everybody's got a safety mechanism or a safety yes. blanket or something like that. So yes. yeah, we all understand. Yes. So. Yeah. And some and I um, some are some people are just not comfortable in large, large, large groups. You know, they don't uh, want to yeah. cozy up to thirty, forty, fifty people. Um, I get it. I'm claustrophobic, so, so like there's times where I even I have to get out of the cellar because it's so it gets yeah. my I mean going. Like if uh-huh. there's a lot, if it's bu- like. If it's slammed in the cellar and I'm yeah. in that back where the boots and stuff are, yep. you'll notice I just have to get out for air because I'll yeah. start like having panic attack sweats and stuff. It's just yeah. I'm claustrophobic. Yeah. And I love the cellar. I love that place. I love that. But personally, yeah. just for my you yeah, know, claustrophobia, it, it gets to me yeah. after a bit. I can only do like 15, 20 minutes down there at a time mm-hmm. and then I have to get out. Yeah. And it's just, it's just one of those things I have to do. Yeah. I'm more the open space. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. never thought about that before. I yeah. must not have claustrophobia because, and I'm down there. That's my happy place. I yeah. feel cozy. I feel like bunkered down, or I don't know. It just. I mean, I I do it to a certain extent. It's like I can't even do like the bathrooms barely in there. Like the, yeah. the cla- like, I noticed I was claustrophobic when I did a sleep apnea test. Oh. So I never yeah. knew for thirty one years I was claustrophobic or anything. Yeah. Um. And then they strapped me into that bed and put all those wires and stuff. Like that. I look like Darth Vader with a thing on my chest and mm-hmm. stuff. And they're like, yeah, you're going to sleep on your back for all night, and you mm-hmm. can't move. Yeah. And as soon as they strapped me in, I barely made it an hour. Yeah. And just had full-on panic attacks, yep. sweating. Thought my, I thought I was dying. My body was thinking, they're dying. I'm dying. Yeah. Yeah, and that's... they had to call an ambulance and get oxygen on me, and I had to cancel sleep. I still don't have a sleep apnea mask or anything like that because I never could finish the sleep test. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, you're extremely claustrophobic. Do you know that? I'm like, I do now. I do. And <laughs> I've never been tied. You're telling on yeah. yourself. I've never been tied down before. Well, I mean, that's like I, I, I notice that. Like, I feel like I've never been into like if somebody like is holding me in a tight hug, or if mm-hmm. somebody is like really holding me trapped or anything like that. Yeah. I will freak the fuck out. I can't yeah. handle it. Yeah. And uh, maybe that goes into my trauma, my sexual abuse, it's and stuff absolutely like that. Probably tied to uh, everything's connected yeah. to something. Yeah. I, I know it is. I haven't dealt with the claustrophobia so much. That's been more of a recent thing where it only pops up when certain things like I got in a car wreck. And so now I've had to do MRIs, and oh. it took three ty- tries of MRIs, and pan attacks and sedation to get sedation. And even the sedation didn't work. Mm-hmm. It. They told me to take it thirty minutes in the lobby before the thing. Okay. I took it. I start feeling a little woozy. I'm feeling good, and then it takes another twenty minutes before they even put me on the bed. Mm-hmm. And then it's a twenty minute thing. Mm-hmm. So halfway through the thing, I'm fully back awake, yeah, and I'm cool. just like. Doing meditations, I'm trying to like doing breathing exercises. I'm like, just get through it. We're already halfway through. I can't move because like even wow. the open one has this machine is mm-hmm. closed your chest in. I don't know if you ever had an MRI. 
I've been through a tunnel or two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. CT, whatever. Yeah. But I'm not, I don't care. <laughs> I get, you I, know, yeah. I don't care. So Mine's apparently I don't is, have it's that. It's uncontrollable. Like, well, right. So your emotional system is, is in your body and your cognitive functions cannot override it. So you can sit there all day long and say, I'm not in danger, I'm not in danger. But your emotional system is thousands of years old, yeah. right? If I understand it right. So it's responding like in a caveman style yeah. of, you know, do or die or whatever. And you you cannot. Like it's the same way with yeah. like when I give blood. Um, I have nothing against uh, – blood doesn't do anything for me. But as soon as my body knows that there's a, there's a hole or anything like that, mm-hmm. blackout. Really? Just – Mm-hmm. It's like a fight or flight kind of thing, and I just yes, boom. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time I wake up, like I have to get blood, and they're always laughing, like, "Oh, you have so many tattoos, you're you're scared of needles." I'm like, "No, like we could be a mid conversation. I could be not even looking at it. They they've tried like we're gonna do it on three, and they do it on one or anything. Mm-hmm. As soon as my body recognizes that something's happening, mm-hmm. just out. Yes, I have no control over it. Yeah, that's the flight. It's very strong. Yeah, yeah, Which, and it's embarrassing, but yeah, it happens you know, pretty strong. Uh, well, it just tells you what you've been through. Yeah, you know what I mean. You can yeah. really honor what you've been through. Yeah, uh, but I do have to ask about the tattoos. So, yeah. the tattoo needle—it doesn't go all the way through. No, and so that's how you're. Um, or, honestly, but it that you're okay getting that a feels very therapeutic to me. Like even the pain, like yeah. Uh, yeah. it's crazy and. Uh, sounds i'm yeah. not like you know just like the surface yeah i yeah. mean the best description of a tattoo i mean you have tattoos too yes um too. the best description i've ever heard was it feels like a a sunburn it feels like yeah. a, a a uh pinpoint sunburn mm-hmm. of yeah. wherever it's going yeah and that's kind of how it feels and like i don't know there's something soothing after a while and some, there's been times where i've fallen asleep like yeah. almost just getting that done yeah yeah but uh yeah, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't, yeah. That doesn't okay. bother me at all. For some yeah. reason, it, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. My body just registers like, yeah, I'm just, you're just getting a thing done. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have my ears pierced. Um, I'm wanting to get my nose and like a little piercing right here or something like that. And I don't think that'll even bother me. Yeah. yeah. For some weird reason. So like, for, yeah, for whatever. So from your emotional, that's not a threat. From your yeah. emotional system, it's not a threat. Yeah. But the other things are. So, and you, we don't get to decide what triggers us. Yeah. <laughs> I did find out that they, they did like the last time I had to give blood, like, after my car wreck, um, they uh, elevated my feet. They put my feet up like above my body. Like, okay. above, like, I, was, yeah. like I was laying down, but then I had my feet way up. Yeah. And I didn't pass out as well. I got really fucking woozy and stuff, and I still like had that triggered response, but it wasn't an instant just blackout. So the feet up. I, they tried response. it. I don't know why, but after 30 they years, somebody don't was, even know. <laughs> like this one nurse was just like, have you tried it with your feet up? And I'm like, no. She's like, this will work. And I'm like, and she was very confident. She's like, this will work. It works. And I was like, okay, I'll try it. I mean, I'm at this point, I just want to get blood and get the fuck out of here. I right. I, I have a fear of hospitals and like, yeah. everything. Like, I'm mm-hmm. very, yeah. um, when I was like 13 and 14, I watched my great grandmother like pass away from dementia and Alzheimer's, like strapped to a bed in the ER. Mm-hmm. And like, they brought me around to see her right as she Ooh. like basically shook to death. <sighs> and. God. Yeah, that's something that was a, another oh. repressed memory I brought up in therapy. Oh. Um, so, like, that explains a lot where I'm, like, I avoid dentists. I avoid mm-hmm. doctors. Unless I am, like, dying, I right. don't go to the doctor. Like, I'm, yeah. like, scared. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You're, I not, alone. Tra- You're yeah. not alone in that. <laughs> when I door dashed, there was a time where it's, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm door dashing Taco Bell. And it has to be on, like, the seventh floor of the hospital up there and I have to go through every elevator, wear yeah. masks and go through all that stuff and go through all the different check-ins and I'm just sitting there like 
I was not ready for this for this five fucking dollars. Right. Like, I'm just like, God damn, I don't want to cancel this. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, it fucked me up just going through that. Yeah. Like, I just can't handle it. Be kind to yourself and yeah. just get the frick out of there. <laughs> <laughs> just avoid that. Yeah. We don't need to be in hospitals. <laughs> yeah. We're unloading it all on loading meat today. All my, all my trauma today. This is therapy. <laughs> This episode of Unloading Meat is not brought to you by your favorite male enhancement, such as Blue Chew or whatever other names they have. I really don't know anything about the products. I don't. I obviously don't take them. Um, this guy over here, Stefano, does, right? You take them? Which one do you take? You don't? What do you mean you don't? Obviously, you take... You don't need... Wow. Um... I'm just sorry, guys. I'm I kind of lost my train of thought. I'm just really more impressed that he's he actually got laid. Um, if you're tired of these fake ads, make sure to reach out to your favorite sponsors like Blue Chew and tell them to sponsor Unloading Meat. Now back to the show. That's how I end every video. Uh, okay. that's, that's our tag at the end of the, like, after my logo. If you stay at the, like the last twenty seconds, it's always bye. Have a great time. I love it because when we end the show, I have my my that theme. Reminds me of Go to Bed. Do you know that show? Uh, it, probably not. Mindy no. Kaling, way back, she had a show, uh, and at the end of the in the end of the episode, it was a no. An Indian was, guy was, would say the Mindy Project. Go to bed. The Mindy Project. That That's what yeah. I watched a little bit. I don't remember the the go to bed part. Yeah, and they only did it for maybe like the first seven or eight episodes, and then they stopped doing it for some reason. It was like my that's my favorite part. I never go to bed. I never got into like like, and I know there's different different graphics. I'm not trying to say like it's it's a chick show or anything like that. It's just like right. like I was really into New Girl. I love that show. Yeah. Um, I and that. I know Mindy yeah. Project was around that same time and around that same channel. Yeah. I believe on Fox, right, for oh, a little bit. I, I can't remember channels, but because um, it's all streaming now. There like Hulu is and so now. much content i can't even keep up but i did watch yellowstone oh my gosh was, i'm trying to get into it i was addicted to it but you have it's, it kind of depends on your viewpoint like you can have two complete polar opposite viewpoints of that show you can be from the from the viewpoint of like yeah get them like yeah. you know they're on your property you, you have the right to kill them or whatever and then the other side of it is there is so much uh unhealthy uh trauma behavior going on and abuse yeah. literal ab abuse going on in just their everyday family reactions or actions interactions um i was glued to it i'm like sarah why are you watching this this is horrible behavior it's horrible i mean it, but, it leaves a lot of my i mean I, I don't know if you've heard my sets i've talked i talk about i have jokes about yellowstone because my family is obsessed with it and i've never watched it okay yeah. are they obsessed with it in which direction well like they're obsessed with like they love anything that that Taylor Sheridan guy does, like 1883, oh. all, 1923. Okay. Like, they love that. They love all my yeah. my dad loves westerns. Yeah. And it's just like it's beautiful scenery. Oh my gosh. He grew up, like, he's the young guy. Like, I mean, yeah. he was born in 1960. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, 60. Yeah, 60 or 61. 60. Yeah. He's a young um, guy. But he grew up in, like, Everything that just his childhood was just country, westerns, John Wayne, yeah, uh, Clint Eastwood, stuff yeah. like that. Horses, cowboy hats, yeah. dust, yeah, sunsets. cowboys and Indians playing all day. Yeah. Like they grew up in Delaware, like they were a very poor family, like eight, yeah, um, uh, just a lot of you know, just a poor yeah. family growing up, and that was just like the thing they did, yeah, uh, yeah. just a real country boy, yeah. so yeah, he identifies with like, anything country western, and just watches that shit yeah. religiously. That's that's one reason I watched it, um. Just those opening sequences of just that 
landscape and yeah. uh, the horses, the cowboy boots, the cowboy hats, the cowboys. <laughs> well, I can like I can appreciate and, the the yeah. effort that it takes to go because like Taylor Sheridan started on Sons of Anarchy. Um, oh, okay. Another show, like he was the sheriff as an actor, oh, uh, for seasons like one and two, and I think part of three, and then he gets killed. Okay, um, but he really wanted to stop acting, acting, and go into like directing and make his own stuff, and then he went and made Yellowstone, My and God. on Spike, and then it became Paramount and just yeah. blew up. Yeah, uh, once you sign Kevin Costner and something, it kind of goes wild. Well, that's yeah, you get a big name and it really works. I mean, well, I, I, I hate to say it, Kevin. But, I mean, as a woman who's at the age of fifty, um, yeah. Kevin Costner could do anything, and I would watch it. <laughs> well, I mean, there's lots of times where, like, you could have the best script, but if you don't have the the right person that yeah, can hit that fit. right demographic mm-hmm. that can be the right time, yeah. it can yeah. make or break a project. Yeah, I truly and, feel that, and it happens a lot. There's some times where you have a really shitty project, but you have a great actor pull it through. Yeah. I was kind of – and so, and that's Kevin's range, too. Um, that was a show – he'd never really done anything like that yeah. before. So the fact that he showed up and made, and just made it great. And you can also and, tell people put effort into it, too. They're not yeah. just there for a check. Yeah. 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 Like, it, I, I've I watched a couple. That. I, I I have Paramount or Peacock. Because, like, mm-hmm. it's also separated. Like, there's some on Paramount. There's some on Peacock. Like, I'm trying to start it. I started – I think I've watched two episodes. And I do like it. I just haven't really kept up with it or followed through with it. Um, Just more to, like – I'll be honest, it really came down to I'm going to start writing material about this shit, so I need to know some of these fucking characters' names. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of did I've some got like, it, yeah. exploration that's, into it. That's awesome. But yeah. as I did, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is a pretty good show. I need to actually come back to this. I just haven't. <laughs> I have a one joke I'm in the middle of writing right now that's a Yellowstone joke. And I didn't know, though, if other people were watching Yellowstone or not. Yeah. You know, it's a pretty popular thing. Is it? Okay. Because yeah. sometimes you can be like, anybody watch Yellowstone? And like the, the crowd is silent. Yeah. And then you're like, well, I'm going to go ahead and tell a joke, but if nobody's, you know, yeah. so I, I kind of hung up on that. Yeah, like I'm worried that nobody. It's it's in the lexicon it. <laughs> now to where like, like my jokes on it. I I, joke. I I say the same thing. I'm like anybody, uh, anyone here's family wa- obsessed with Yellowstone, and like even Roscoe, and they're like, yeah, I love it, and I'm like, yeah, it's like conservative sex in the city. Everybody has their favorite characters. Then they always get around, <laughs> ask me what's my favorite character, and I'm like, I don't know, the one that didn't agree with January sixth. <laughs> 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 like that's how I that's like, so good yeah you know what I mean like I, I just baseline and like sometimes I'm like oh yeah are you a rip fan or something like the rip right it's like rip yeah. oh rip yes yes please so like and yeah. after I watched it I really gotta say it is literally there's another show on HBO called Succession okay and Succession is uh, Yellowstone without horses yeah yeah it is yeah. Succession is all about this billionaire getting old and his family trying to take over the reins and it's all this conflicting of the heirs and stuff like that yep. and even going through Yellowstone I've seen the similarities mm-hmm. and they're both well written very good shows it's yeah. just like it's it's kind of funny like this one's all more like just straight in the New York area kind of thing mm-hmm. and Yellowstone is like they doubt I've seen both because like the, yeah. the daughter and stuff is like in the business side right yeah yeah the business yeah yeah like I've seen like the board they have half boardroom half mm-hmm. half the other stuff mm-hmm the ranch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to, again, I've only watched like two episodes, but I'm just saying like, yeah, I, I can yeah. see the similarities already. Well, I think one of the appeals of that show, not that this podcast is about that whole show. It can but be what we're, we're <laughs> but is, We are not sponsored by Yellowstone. I mean, you have, okay, so you Yet. have characters <laughs> who are living in their own separate worlds. Yeah. Um, Beth is the business woman. She, you know. And then they got the lawyer going the other direction. They got the politician side of it, the ranch side of it. They 
fam- who's family, who's not family at some point, Rip becomes family, you know, or becomes, or he refers to him like a son. And I, I don't know. There's just a lot going, a lot of stuff, you know, <laughs> a lot of good. And they tie it all together really well. And each storyline is strong, I feel like. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'm going to get to it eventually. Like it's, it's one of those things where, where we talked about off. I think even off camera, like I go by where I can see like the talent and the effort. So like mm-hmm. if I see good writing, I'm going to be attached to it. it. Doesn't matter what the yeah. genre is or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I I do acknowledge it's, it's a very well done show. Yeah. So yeah, I do want to go back to. It. I just haven't had the time to even yeah. get back and into some it. Some things are some things resonate and some things don't. Yeah. Because we can't know everything or be everything or our life experiences are not everybody's yeah. experience. So we I kind of yeah, there's there's shows like Game of Thrones are huge. I couldn't get into it. Yeah. It just wasn't it wasn't like a bad show. There's yeah. nothing that I had a problem with. It's it was just, just like, like a comedy. There's going to be different comedy styles yeah. for everybody and you yeah. just like like some things you connect with sometimes some yeah. You don't. And you might not like this one joke, but hopefully you like this other joke I yeah. do or something like that and just try to be, you know, yeah. as accepting as you can and maybe the next co- the co- comic you like is yeah. a cup of tea. I like Pretty much all comedy. <laughs> I did too. I'm a comedy horror. <laughs> There's not much that I turn down. I uh, same um or don't try to connect with or understand. Well, my biggest thing is like I. It's hard for me as like I'm. I'm like again. I'm still new to it too. Like I really am obsessed with it to the point where I'm, I'm really trying to be like a student of the game. So like, it's hard for me. Like um, Chris Rock just did his live special on oh, H- I, on I Netflix. No spoilers. Okay. I haven't seen it. Yet. It's fucking great, and it's. I'm- The way he shot it live and stuff is just the balls for him to do that. And, like, no filter, just completely. It's going live stream on Netflix, like, kind of like this. Um, It was so well done, and it was so inspiring to watch. But it's hard for me to turn off that part of my brain that's, like, wanting to take notes of, like, timing. Yeah. Credit. And, again... I tried really hard to shut that off the first mm-hmm. time I watched it and just enjoy it, and I did. Mm-hmm. But I am going to go back and watch it and just yeah. like, because like, I want to be a student of the game. Like, dude, this guy is yeah. just like, every little thing is meticulous. And there's so yeah. much work going into like his stage movements mm-hmm. when he drops the mic, when he mm-hmm. looks to this person in the crowd, when he does crowd work. Like, it's mm-hmm. just like everything is meticulous, and you can pick up on that if you really study it. So um, there's so many layers of skills to accommodate. Well, first of all, it's public speaking. Yeah. So you prepare what you're going to say. Then it's also acting because your your physical how you physically it's performance unless we're all unless we could all be Mitch Hedberg yeah you know oh. but <laughs> what a man. rest in what? peace rest I in know. peace Mitch R.I.P. Um, yeah and all yeah Robin Williams anyway um, squirrel an escalator um, can just never be broken and only <laughs> just become stairs I know I love <laughs> it cannot be broken and it can only become stairs, stairs. but um. What were we talking about? I don't know. We got <laughs> squirreled off of that. Uh, <laughs> it happens on unloading meat sometimes. Uh, squirreled about something. We can't all be Mitch Hipper. We had to put in the work. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we were talking about putting in effort and putting in work on our, our stuff and looking for timing. and effort. Oh, and all the different comedy that we, we connect with or don't yeah. connect with. Oh, So comedy, there's layers. What I was saying is there's layers... To me, there's layers and layers and layers of skills. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting. Like, I belong to kind of some social groups and stuff. And so people talk to me. And um, it's funny because they're like um, talking about me, like picking on people in the crowd. And I'm like, I'm nowhere near that because I'm more of a step by step person. First, uh, first step is just get the frick up there. Yeah. And don't pass out. 
And then the second one is maybe. <laughs> don't pass out. Okay. Yeah, don't I love vomit. That. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I got <laughs> to fist bump that because that was that was a real statement. You know, and then um, the next stage is you get up there and you speak, but you don't get canceled immediately because you said something really bad. Facts. You know, um, and because your heart is good, but your vocabulary, you know, like the old shit is still hanging around there. And um, then, you know, you gotta, so you're still updating like, your filter. Exactly. <laughs> so just baby steps to baby. And then you get to the level where you tell a joke and people laugh. And that's like amazing. You know, so I'm I'm going so slow. And like, I don't even know what point I would reach where I feel like I could banter with the audience. Like, <laughs> um, I mean, I'll get there. And yeah. I, I have a wit and stuff. But I you're um, on your way. I'll get there, but it's that's not my goal. That's not my focus right yeah. now. That's like the last thing I'm gonna worry about. Like, yeah. you know, one of the last more later on things. I'm new to it. Like, so I got started 15 years ago. I did like a couple sets at the Looney Bin, and then I had my shit. I think I told mm-hmm. you about. Mm-hmm. And then that Looney Bin night was a big thing for me. Like going over that, yeah. and that's why I was really confident in that set. And I tried, and I I, I ended up putting on blue the blue whale special. I was like, fuck it, I'm yeah. proud of that thing. Yeah. And that was all new material. That's a four minute. I just tried. Wow. Uh. That's cool. So I was really proud of it. And I, I, I'm i one of those people, like, when I go for a set, I'm over here recording it five times. Mm-hmm. Because I have a little bit of a speech impediment. I have a oh. fat tongue. Okay. Um, or a lazy tongue, whatever they call it. Yeah. Um, okay. And so I get self-conscious about it if I, if I pick up on it. Okay. And most people don't even notice it. No. Had no clue. But <laughs> once I acknowledge her, I pick up on it, mm-hmm. my anxiety kicks in, and, like, yeah. I'll trip over my words. Yep. So I never were going to get on stage and that happened. Mm-hmm. So even a brand new set I wrote that day, mm-hmm. I'll record it over here five times mm-hmm. and listen to it back and forth, back and forth, back mm-hmm. and forth. And then I'm doing repetition all the way to Tulsa. Yep. So by the time I do it, I don't need my phone. Right. And that's just how I work. Yep. And I have to do that to overcome this. Yes. Um, that's also why this is edited sometimes and stuff too. Just my self-consciousness about it sure. happens. Um, but going with that. Or what if you accepted that about yourself? And then just got on with life. I, I mean, most of the day I do. Okay, it's until you. I until I acknowledge it. Like even right mm-hmm. now, I told you about it. So now in my mind, in the back of my head, I'm like, okay. oh yeah, you do have that. Uh huh. So like until that happens, mm-hmm. and I know sometimes if I ever hear it, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. If I'm on stage, my biggest fear is I'm going to hear it, mm-hmm. and, and then it just happens. Lose middle. your train of thought. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. try to over prepare for it. So I some free advice. Um, Next time you're doing the five recordings, yeah, um, do one recording where you're you're letting yourself relax and make all the mistakes. Just, just well, that's honestly what it. happens. That's let the- let yourself make those mistakes, and then be like, oh, "That's okay." When you listen it back, it's like that wasn't that bad. I yeah. can make a small adjustment and kind of help. Well, to be fair, that's you know. honestly what happens. Okay, yeah. that's that's exactly why I do it. Yeah, um, just let it, get it all out. Because by the like, and the then bring it back third or fourth time. It's pretty. Calm. Yeah, that's what. Okay. Um, that's your process. Because I have to hear that first one or two, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, oh yeah, it's not that bad. No, it's not. And I have to hear it. Yeah. But that's how I do my stand up. Like that's how I have to. Yeah. Um, where were we going with that? Oh, so with that confidence on there, and I know I'm still new. I I kind of just started in January, like you. Mm-hmm. Um, I did an open mic, and Roscoe invited me out to the colony that night, and that really changed everything and changed the show and everything. That's awesome. And I've only done. <sighs> I think if I go Saturday, it'll be like my eighth or ninth time, basically, doing it this year, as far as between open mics and my showcase. Cannot tell. <laughs> oh, well, thanks. But I like, mean, you know, like it's... like, But yeah. there's also a lot of work that goes into that. Well, there's, yeah. Um, and you can tell, too. Yeah. 
I truly feel that like it's very hard personally to find that line between confidence and vulnerability mm-hmm. on stage of if you let them in that you're fearful or sh- sluggish or not confident in material, they will mm-hmm. eat you alive. Mm-hmm. Every crowd won't take you seriously. Even mm-hmm. the comics will fucking not take you seriously. It's like mm-hmm. they can they can feel fear and yeah. not lack of confidence. Yeah. But where, where to find that line that also lets you feel vulnerable to where they can connect with you. Yes. And yes. I think that's what you're trying to say, too. Yes. It's like it's it's a fine line to find. And I'm yeah. still trying to navigate that sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but with that, there's a lot of times where I have people that like. I am welcome to all advice. I'm still new to all this. Yes. But I have to take all advice with a grain of salt because I also have to do me. Yes. And there's times where like people are like, don't do the rape jokes because, and I understand that, but when it's part of my history and I'm talking about my, my trauma in a joke, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be able to tell my own story Yes, and I'm going to do it in a funny way. Um, You're not making jokes about all the rapes happening around the world. No, no, no. I'm talking about like, you know, just happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm talking about my story and I'm making it funny and I'm dealing with my trauma in my way. And it's like, I don't want to ever, I can't, I've made a conscious decision this last like week or so since this, the whole drew thing, Mm -hmm. I've kind of stopped talking to any gatekeeper or anything that mm-hmm. was like, hey, you need to do your comedy this way, or I would like you to do this. Um, I was told not to do crowd work or roast people at certain stuff, and I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm just going to fucking do it because I need to start going for what's funny. Mm-hmm. And I'm Get getting too much I'm getting too much in my head of what is appropriate, what is not. Mm-hmm. And yes, there are rules. I, like, I'm right. not going to like go out there and say fuck every five seconds. a white lady a bitch. No, and start a fight at the cellar. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not refer- I'm just saying in general, you're <laughs> no, not yeah, going to do yeah. that. <laughs> no, but like I have to like consciously stop trying to please every single person. No, you can't. And I need to start going back to where I just have confidence of being funny. Because it's getting me back, back in that shell. The community <laughs> is very opening and, and accepting. But like when I said earlier, there are some clicks. There are. And you there have are. to be aware of them a little bit mm-hmm. and acknowledge them and respect them. Mm-hmm. I respect everybody. Yeah. Um, I go on a thing of until that person interacts with me and treats me poorly, right. I treat them 100% great. Me too. Um, yeah. I don't go by anybody else's like reputation or like, hey, don't hang out with that person. Don't have them on their show because they did this. I'm like, well, That's I'm, a red they've flag. been great. I don't do that. That's a red flag. Yes. I mean, of the person talking to you. Yes. Not the other. Because we're all grownups and we all can make our own. We all be need, need to be making our own evaluations. Yes. Based on our own interactions. Yeah. And so until that person interacts with me badly, yeah, I don't want you. I don't want your opinion. Exactly, and I don't want your bad opinion of somebody. That's where I'm getting at. Is you like know. I'm getting opinions like, "Hey, you should do the podcast like that's, this. You should have this person on the guest." And I'm like, "That's middle school to, behavior." I'm trying to just I mean, call that out. We are not so, fifth grade girls. Sorry, yeah. that's this is a business. I have two kids. This is my baby project. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to jeopardize this in the podcast right. and my stand up. That's right. And, and you shouldn't. anybody that tries to change that or mm-hmm. fuck with it just to have an opinion said, yeah. I got to try to weed those out. And I'm trying to learn that right now. Yeah. I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of staying in your own fucking lane. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Amen. You know what like, I mean? Like that's your lane. You manage that and you decide who you yourself are going to interact with or whatever. So, was she a hooker or prostitute? Sex worker. I'm not trying to shame. I'm just more curious. She wasn't? 
You went on a date? How the fuck are you getting laid? And how the fuck are you not needing a company like Blue Chew? Who, coincidentally, is not sponsoring today's episode of Unloading Meat. But they could be. They could be. If you're tired of these fake ads, make sure to reach out to your favorite sponsors like Blue Chew and tell them to sponsor this show. Now, back to the episode. Three three days. The 27th, 28th. 20th. Oh, I'm going to have to book tickets because my birthday's the 20th. Of June? J- July. Of July. Yeah, I'm July 20th. I'm the, d- the day the, of the moon landing. Is oh, okay. how I remember it. Like, That's cool. That was July 20th. What was it, 1970-something? 69 or something. get all the landings anyway. confused. Before JFK got shot. <laughs> there's yeah. so many landings. <laughs> yeah, and then there's some crashings. <laughs> Those, um, I guess. That, <laughs> Too soon? Challen- woo, it was a, it was a challenging it was a challenging that, situation. That teacher, Christy, whatever, <laughs> blew up. and Oh, my God. Yeah, she blew up in a way that didn't go viral. Oh. <sighs> um. Yeah. <laughs> and we're back, guys. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. But yeah, uh, Bricktown's going to be huge. Uh, that's going to be a huge thing. I'm really looking forward to Bricktown opening in the Tulsa scene. It's going to bring yeah. a lot of headliners to it. Because like, I really, yeah. truly feel that Tulsa's on the bubble. Yeah. Between Tulsa King, yeah. Reservation Dogs, yeah. all the movies being shot in Oklahoma, and just the amount of talent in Tulsa mm-hmm. Entertainment. Yeah. Between not just comedy, uh, everything. burlesque. Everything. Um, just entertainment in general, with bands and stuff are just, yeah. they're so good. And art, and artists. Artists, um, yeah. Rappers, yeah. there's a rap league, there's a rap battle league, um, there's a roast league. Uh, yeah. Shout out to uh, Brian Bizjack. Yes. With the, uh, I'm going to be doing that. Uh, uh, what's it the called? 14th. Uh, the insult comedy attack, right? Or insult. Uh, insult attack. Insult attack. Right. Because I got to tell you, uh, Jared, I, when I moved here in 2019 and I immediately started to look for comedy. Yeah. And I couldn't find it. Yeah. I couldn't find it. Yeah. I searched venue, and, and I'm brand new. I didn't know anyone, and I'm Googling, and then I'm going here and there and trying to look at schedules, and I couldn't find the venues. I couldn't find until I started um, getting involved, and then people told me, oh, the open mic's here. There's an open mic there. There's an open mic list buried in some website, some obscure website yeah. somewhere nationwide. You know, I never would have found it on my own. Um this is what that's great what you're doing because the community of Tulsa as a whole, they don't really know. I was shocked to find out there's yeah. an active 70 or 100 comedian and they're very active. I, you know, well, it's, th- like, it's, it's like, almost like an underground thing. It, it is. We need to shine a light on it somehow. And like, I don't know how. That's like, I mean, I'm hopefully this is what this turns into. That's yes. what I want. Yes. Um, I want Unloading Meat Productions and me and Stefano really want to work hard on it. Of like, it's not just about me, it's you're about. Right. Tulsa stand up the mm-hmm. area. I have uh, I have some episodes booked with people from Arkansas, from Fort Smith, stuff like that. I'm trying mm-hmm. to like this whole area. Let's blow up. Let's, yes, I want to bring everybody along with me. Tri-state um, area. <laughs> my ultimate. Do you know what Kill Tony is? No, I don't. Kill Tony. Um, Tony Hitchcliffe does. I would very recommend you watch this. Okay. Kill Tony is a live podcast. It's every Monday. Okay. It's hosted in Austin, Texas, at the Mothership Joe Rogan's Mothership now, like the okay. big comedy Austin area. Okay. Tony Hitchcliffe hosts it, and it's a open mic live podcast. Um, he pulls from the bucket, and everybody he pulls gets one minute. Okay. And they get if they go over or if they're bad, they get roasted by the comedians on the stage. Oh. And it's a whole crowd, and you get to see people going up there for open mic nights for one minute. That's and they wow. either get made and like they get booked and turned into they get they get launched. Like he's launched so many careers. Wow. From this show. Okay. Um, just from having a good one minute. And there's Almost people like Shark Tank, but for comedy. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> a guy named on there named Hans Kim. 
And a year ago, he was homeless living in his car. Oh, he wow. went on there and did a one minute, and he became a regular on there so much that now he's being opening for Joe Rogan and Dave Chappelle and stuff like that. That's and he's crazy. Ri- like, he's loaded now. That's like, he's just great. getting made. That's, a, that's great. And it's just like, it gives a spotlight for comedians. And it's in Austin. And it's um, it's just, you know, you put your name in a t- bucket. Yeah. That's where the unloading We have fits. to try. Um, you know what I mean? We have yeah, to do it. We like, have to do it. We have to put in our participation, our effort. Yeah. And then the universe can decide I would whatever happens from there. I recommend you, like, as a stand-up and someone that's really getting into it, please give Kilchoni a chance. Like, watch it on Monday. Yeah. It's, on, it's on YouTube. Yes, I will. Um, I will. Yeah. You get to see fresh open mics every week from just complete unknowns. And then you get to see... Comedians roast them live. Like they have big name celebrities like uh Ron White, Roseanne Barr, oh my um, gosh. Tom Segura, Burt, Joe Rogan. <laughs> they have a live band. Like, that's kind of the concept. And like, yeah, you yeah, see... it's just really nitty gritty. It's... Yeah. But it's a it's it's I like it. The... It's not polished. No, I, it's I like open that. mics. It's real. Yeah. But it's very famous. I would recommend watching that. I, I do it every Monday I watch it. It's 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 a great thing just to learn timing stuff. Didn't see yeah. it's a great thing for my confidence also of like yeah, they're starting out too, and it's not so bad. Like, I'm pretty confident I could do it one minute. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I mean, oh yeah, I see that. I'm like, dude, yeah, I'm, I can do that. The worst part is when you get on there and like they ask people that bomb. They're like, "How long have you been doing this?" I'm like, "Oh, five years," <gasps> and they're like, "Like you're never gonna." No, if you haven't figured out. And then there's times where like they bomb. They're like, "How much? How long have you been doing this?" Like, oh, it's my first time. And they're like, "Oh, well, that makes sense." And they clap. I'm like, yeah. "Good job for you." Encur- like, yeah, because like, yeah, they're there for entertainment. They're gonna roast yeah. the people. Yeah, they're gonna make fun of them and stuff. But at the end of the day, they're doing it to support them. Yeah, like it's yeah. a very fun show. Yeah, it's a pretty cool show. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. well, speaking of road trips, so yeah. for this um, show, I made a list of comedy milestones. Okay. Um. Do we want to talk about these? Go so ahead. I made a big list. Go ahead. And because for me, I just feel like in my mind, there's like a progression. Yeah. There's some things you hit sooner, other things you hit later or whatever. So I want to talk to you about what your comedy milestones are. Okay. So I'm. Um, I like this. Um, there's a whole bunch of them. I'll just try to. Um, first, unexpected laugh. Ooh, for Did me. you have that? Like at a show? Or at a just- show. Yeah. Like you're. You're telling that, your jokes, but they laugh at something you weren't even. Yes. It wasn't even a punchline yet, but they thought it was funny. Yes, um, you've had that. I've had that. That's a great up, moment. Getting up on stage. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, just, just getting, getting up on stage mm-hmm. and like, like just the things that happen before you even start your material. Oh, yeah. And somebody will say something, or they'll they'll do something, just like just just seeing me. Okay. And then that's an unexpected thing of just seeing yeah. how my character looks like, as far yeah. as like how I present myself. Yeah. I know at least somebody's laughing. <laughs> oh, I hadn't. It even breaks the tension. That. That. It, yeah. Um, yes. You saw it. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. Uh, the Looney Bins that I did. Okay. It happened there. It happened. Okay. Um, I walk up on stage and he introduced me, Jared Ralphie Allen, and some this blonde lady in the very front row goes, "That's a lot of first names." She says it to her husband. Yeah. And okay. I heard yeah, it. The and names. I, yeah. And I go, "It is a lot of first names, isn't it?" And it caught her off guard, yeah. and her husband just starts laughing because she got caught. See? And it just laughter. It, it completely kept the energy. Yes, it, it, it did. And it yes, kept the tension. I remember that now. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah. So yeah, it That's happens cool. all the time. That's cool. Um, first riffing with the audience. So this is in the wrong order. It's okay. Uh, hang on. I like this. I really like this. It's refreshing to have people okay, have let me, for me too. Okay, I I did some screenshots in there. Okay, so let's start back. That's later on. Okay. Okay. 
when the constant fear that you are not going to be good enough goes away. Have we hit that yet at all or even a little bit? I suffer hardcore from Mm -hmm. uh, imposter syndrome. Yeah. And it's constant in my back of my head. The weed really helps as far Mm -hmm. as like just turning that out a little bit. Um, The repetition gets it through me to where I at least I know it's funny. Yeah. If I know it's funny and it can still make me chuckle the next day or something like that. I got to have that confidence to say, fuck everybody else. Yes. And I'm trying to build up that callus. So that's how it is for me, too. At the In the beginning, I was blinded with fear. Yeah. Um, but as the weeks go on, that decreases a little bit. A little. I'm not confident. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. you know, but it's starting to decrease a little bit. And yeah. I may never get to where I'm fearless. Yeah. You know, that that's cocky, overconfident. That's a whole different scenario. I don't think, but, you, ever, I don't think you personally, personally, I don't ever want to. No, exactly. Um, there's exactly. a, there's a. I watch wrestling a lot. Um, uh-huh. There's a famous wrestler named Taz. Okay. Um, he retired early. And the, when he talks about how he retired, the, people ask why. He goes, well, before the, when I go out in the curtain, waiting on the curtain to go out to the ring, mm-hmm. I would get butterflies and goosebumps. Mm-hmm. And one day, I just stopped feeling the butterflies. Mm-hmm. And once I felt that, mm-hmm. I stopped. Because yep. that's when I'm starting to start getting hurt. That's yep. when I'm going to get overconfident. Exactly. And he, he he retired. And I respect the shit. He just he stopped. Yep. He knew that because that provides the right balance. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. We're on the same page there. The first time somebody heckles you, I've not had that happen. And heckling is is not allowed. Yeah. Like they announced at the beginning of the show. Yeah. But anyway, it could still happen. Has you have anybody kind of try yes. to talk to you during I've the had, show? I go with energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big proponent of and a. Yes, it matters with the content and the timing of what I say, but also mm. that goes into keeping the energy up of the crowd. Yeah. So if something happens in the crowd, never give up control. Right. You are the MC. You are the one with the microphone. They're not. Right. Always keep that in mind mm-hmm. for me personally. Mm-hmm. But if it's funny, mm-hmm. react to it. Riff right. on it. Bounce on it. But yeah. don't give them control. Yeah. That's a fine line to work. Yeah. Um, yeah. So crowd interaction participation is good, but heckling is somebody coming after you. Yes. If they're you coming know. after you and it's one of those things and where it's like aggressive, now it's a power struggle. They yes. want the upper hand. They want to be the entertainer. Yeah. You know, um, I've not had that happen. And I really I don't think I've even seen it happen, but uh, it's on my list. OK, because um, <laughs> like at an open mic. OK, it's trying work stuff out. It's workshopping. Yeah, um, it is. It's yeah. The loony bin. When yeah. I did my set and I talked about the lady, my ex-wife putting a lightsaber up my ass, a guy goes, this is the way. And now it's part of my set because I was like, yeah. that's hilarious. Yeah. And yeah. that's what it's supposed to be. Is yes. like you the heard cre- that tag. The creativity coming yeah. out. So when you heard that guy go, yeah. this is the way and I pop, uh-huh. that's a tag. Yeah. Okay. That's not okay. a heckle. That no. is the first thought popped in my mind is the tag of that joke and it made it better. And I love those moments because they didn't pre-plan that no. they're just being creative with you and, and it pops out an open mic should be yeah. a workshop yeah where were you born and raised do you mind me asking here, here? okay Barzell. god bless yeah we can go back you're <laughs> advanced you are high level okay all right so I'm high level you're high level yeah yeah i mean because those are low level behaviors oh, to me yeah you know, if it's like something you would do in grade school i consider that a low low i know, try to avoid it like I'm triangulation like, you're talking to people behind their backs you're doing getting involved where you don't need to that's that's low level i, I behavior, truly feel that a lot know? of these are just men that need to get in therapy like honestly, it's just dude, go get talk, go talk to the body, get a hug, like <laughs> work you your shit it. out. I can't say it, but you can say it. You said it. All right, back to uh, milestones. Yeah, 
The first, uh, let's find a more positive one here. There you go. There you go. Some of these. <laughs> the first time you have sex with a fellow comic. I haven't. Had I haven't that. done that. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Um, I don't really plan to either. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't really even thought about that. Yeah, no. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I'm very sex positive. Like, you know, I oh same. Yeah, yeah I'll I fuck anybody yeah. I want to, but um, <laughs> I just don't really see anyone. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> the first comedy road trip with your comedy friends. I haven't had that yet, I but I'm hoping someday it's on. On it's coming. Um. The first, okay, this is tongue in cheek. The first time you give a professional comedian a joke idea, they use it and it flops. Okay, this is what happened. Adam Bush and I were talking and we were all, there was a group of us brainstorming ideas about this one joke. Sure. And I'm not sure if I said it or somebody else said it, but I think I said. Then he went on and performed at um, Looney Bin and he said, my joke well he had written the whole joke but then sure. there was like one line added to it nobody laughed and everybody had been laughing at everything he had said up to that point nobody laughed at that oh. and he was on stage taking the brunt of it yeah. and i'm like that was my idea so okay that's just more telling about okay happened. all right wait just wait it could happen it, that, <laughs> that could happen now you know um the first time you hang out with a successful traveling comedian and they give you good advice. That happened to me. That was Adam. Uh, he, he, his advice was keep writing, keep writing, keep writing. That's great advice. That's yeah, really it is. It is. And yeah. Um, the first time six of your non-comic friends come to see you perform. Hasn't happened yet. No. Hasn't happened yet. I, um, had, I have two commenting to my, sh the, the Fresh Faces show. Okay. You've got yeah, people the, coming. Yeah. All right. So I have friends from my book club. I have friends. I don't know. I have friends. And <laughs> amazing friends for a long time. And they were like, I want to see you perform. I want to see you perform. And I was always like cringing because I'm like, don't come to an open mic at the Bounty yeah. Lounge when no one's listening. Oh, and, you well, know, sure, or, yeah. or whatever, wherever, yeah. you know. And, and comedians are working on the material. It's not polished Sure. Yet. It's a workshop like we talked you about. Know, I might not even get picked to go on the list. You could sit there for two and a half hours and you may not. And you're only going to hear me speak for three or four minutes. You know, I have friends in Kansas. I'm from Kansas. Two hours away. I will I will drive to hear you perform yeah. on a Wednesday night, you know, and then. I'm like, I'm not going to have you driving four hours. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can appreciate the, the, the effort and you appreciate the friendship. I do. I do appreciate it. But I, my panic was like, yeah. oh, how's this going to work? Well, it goes both so. ways. Like I, So uh, I had, uh, up until this month, I had a roommate that lived with me. Mm -hmm. um, and I considered him like a best friend. I still consider him like a brother. Like yeah. We're very close. Um, I've been doing this pretty hardcore between the podcast and stand-up mm -hmm. since January or so, since I launched everything. Um, he's never gone out to a show. No. He's never even offered to watch a YouTube clip or no. do anything on that. And it's like, there's it's just no, supportive. there's just no <laughs> effort of being any supportive or doing anything other than like support him. Wow. And it turned into this thing where it was just cutting toxic. And I was like, dude, I got it. Like, I, yeah. and then he was like eating me out of house and home. And like, That's it just, unbalanced. yeah, I had to yeah. kick him out. Like it was one thing where like, how much of a friend are you? If you can't even like no. make the basic effort. Cause it's I even basic. told him once, I was like, yeah. it'd be nice if you actually came out to a show once. Mm -hmm. I mean, it'd just be nice. Mm -hmm. I mean, and he still didn't. No. Yeah, 
And so it's just like, yeah. it, you know, you learn. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, so it's nice to have it the other way, too. <laughs> yeah. No. And that's what I had. And, and it started right from the beginning. I'm like, I've only done it twice. Like, I'm terrible. I don't want people I know seeing me fail. Yeah. In public. Yeah. You know, so I kind of held everybody off and everything. And then I was on the open mic at the Looney Bin and I got I rounded up a group of six or seven people and they came and I actually got chosen um, that that night. There was 12 comedians. They were only allowing six to go on and we had to pull numbers. And fortunately, I pulled a number and nice. I got I got able to, you know, so but it was it's uh <laughs> anyway that was it that ended up being a good thing okay okay so i like this i like that performing for a real audience instead of open mics um have you done that yeah yes so you, like the, looney yeah. bin yeah well looney bin and then also Other. like i i had my showcase at the cellar mm -hmm. um that was my first paid gig that was february middle of february yeah yeah and then i have my second one the new face the fresh faces fresh, coming up yeah yeah so yeah so yeah i have yeah so um so I'm not on this fresh faces because I accepted the insult. Attack. That, I felt so bad for that. I got double booted on that day. Yeah, yeah, it just happened. It just and so Michael said, "Do you do you still want to do for?" I'm like, "Oh, because Michael asked me to do it back like in February." He goes, "I want to put you on the April show," and then I didn't hear anything more from him. So I thought, oh, he forgot, you yeah. know. And then I get a text from him. Do you want to be on the April seventh? You know, on fresh. I was like, "Well, I already booked on something else," and I'm kind of. I don't, anyway, I was booked on something else. I yeah. say, well, can I be on the next one? He's like, absolutely. But doesn't he only do those like twice a year? It might That might be six months from now. I don't um, know. He, I thought he was trying to do them more. Okay. Um, maybe once a quarter or something like that. Once a quarter. Okay, so I only have three months like, to uh, wait. This will be my first one doing it. I, I, yeah. it, I, kinda, I think it kind of comes down to how many fresh faces get around. Because I know like from mm -hmm. what I've heard, he, he goes by recommendations from other people. Okay. Um, so until there's like enough, like, you know, like right. a ten set of people new that haven't done it yet, I right. don't think he does it. Right. Maybe that's kind of Because once you've done it once, then you're done. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. All right. So hopefully I'll get to do that. Yeah. You know, before too long. Um, but yes, that I was, I did a lot of open mics, which is mostly comedians and it's very supportive. It's yeah. good. And, but it's totally different when you do it for an actual audience. I mean, oh, yeah. they, it's, they laugh more. Yeah. You know, they, the bar is lower the, the, the <laughs> for how funny the, you have I mean, to the Loney Bin was a great venue. I mean, it still is. It, it it's, is. A, it's a good venue, they, and there's they people that are coming in there to I was laugh. like, oh, I don't have to work as hard here. <laughs> and nothing against other comedians, but there's, I mean, there, if you are in a room, nothing but other comedians doing open mics, mm -hmm. nine times out of ten, they're not paying attention to you because they're working on their sets, yeah. they're looking at their stuff, well, they're in their own heads, they're trying to get through their anxiety and shit. It's yeah. not the most captivated audience to, try, to get 100% laughs. Right. And that's okay. That's yeah. what it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's supposed to be working and I, out. And I do always want to be in an environment where I have to set the bar a little higher. Yeah. I don't want to always try to find the lowest bar. Agreed. So, Agreed. The, you know, if you're pre if you're performing for other comedians who have probably heard it all, yeah. you know, if you're performing for other comedians and they laugh, that's that's huge. Yeah. The first time you told your friends and family and, inner, and your in, inner circle that you were going to become a stand-up comedian. Did you have that moment? I mean, I I mean, I told my mom and dad that I was like gonna do some open mics. Like, like, like I did an open mic like last year. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it, I don't know. I don't really know the exact date or anything. It was mm -hmm. just one of those things. Like this twenty twenty three is the year where I launched everything. So mm -hmm. like this is just where I'm going in. Yeah, I don't, I don't give a fuck about anybody's opinion. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So like for me, that was like a big deal because I thought about it for so long. I'm, I was an engineer for 28 years and up until last August. And that's a, you know, just very serious brainiac kind of, you know, it's not not the creativity. Yeah. And um, so also I was raised, I was a preacher's kid my whole life growing up. Um, I was always on these very um, kind of, what's the word? I don't know, strategic or defined structured and structured that's the word very structured activities so um and for 50 years that's a long time yeah and um parenting very structured you know they want you to get your kid to school on yeah. time and <laughs> dressed so um <laughs> i had you know i just had all this you know stuff i had to do and so to announce to my friends I don't really have contact with family too much, but to announce my inner circle of five friends, you know, my circle's small but valuable. Yeah. And to announce to them, this is what I'm going to do, it was pretty shocking. And actually, it was they, they had shock, and then after they thought about it for a half a minute, they're like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, absolutely. So always the Chandler, being of the group, just popping off my mouth, you know. Yeah. So. Like, um, like I don't think my dad still gets it like i love my dad i have nothing against him or anything like that but like so like when i talk to my dad about stuff like i'm like hey i want to do this gig he's like how much does it pay like that's the oh, first thing right. he's like, yeah. like, how much does it pay are yes. you paying your bills what's going on with this yes is this a survival. career survival thing like, yeah. he's very like that and yeah. so i understand that so like yeah. i'm going full creative I'm like, well i'm building something and eventually it'll pay he's yeah. like sounds like a waste of time yeah i'm like sounds like a <laughs> sounds like one of those leveled marketing scheme yeah. yeah no uh yeah if it doesn't pay off immediately yeah. in a two-week paycheck don't there yeah no, <laughs> no creativity is not uh, valuable okay in some people's minds <laughs> all right the first time you really put yourself out there took a big fucking rest not just the baby steps did you have a moment where you felt like you were okay i'm really gonna step up now i had that moment i did a couple weeks ago um yeah. There was a open mic the day after I shot Missy's episode. She inspired me because, like, she's so open with her burlesque yes. and, like, just being out there and being her true self. Yes. I cut off a T-shirt and wore a midriff T-shirt. Yeah. And it was a blue one. It was, like, a Rick and Morty one. And I did my set and halfway through the set, I was like, it's getting hot in here. And I took my blazer off. I was like, no, it's still hot. And I took my hoodie off. And I just had this fucking midriff. I love it. My gut hanging out. And everybody was just fucking dying laughing because yeah. it, it came out of nowhere. And yeah. it was like... That was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to have fun. That's amazing. And I did that. I don't want it to go towards like the Burt Kreischer thing where like every episode, everything I have to take my shirt off. I don't want to be that gimmick. Right. Um, it was just a thing to do. Like it also let, I haven't done it. I've done it a second time. Mm-hmm. I've talked on the episodes. I had a panic attack live on stage once. Oh, live on stage. Okay. At the, at the cellar. Okay. Um, a week prior to my showcase there, I said, I'm going to try out new material. I'm going to try out a story because I want to do a 10 minute set. I'm going to try to do a story joke. Yeah. Had this story, was not confident in it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, halfway through the story, um, I'm telling the story of my gay roommate, and in this story, he at one point had this midriff shirt off, and it said "slut" on it. <laughs> um, and the whole story, I think I told it on my AJ, AJ's podcast. I don't know if you watched the first episode. Um, there's, there's a long story short. We wanted to fuck with AJ, who was kind of homophobic, scared of gay people. Mm-hmm. So my gay roommate had this idea of getting a guy into the bedroom doing a whole bunch of shouting and screaming and stuff. And then the guy comes out handcuffed with his pants around his ankles. And then my roommate comes out and nothing but this midriff shirt says slut and a handgun. And he literally in this middle of this whole party, 
gets the guy by the ankles, goes, get back in here, bitch. And he drags him back into the bathroom with a handgun and shuts the door. And it was just a gag that we did to my friend AJ just to fuck with him. Yeah. And that was kind of the story. Yeah, because that's, if you're homophobic, that's what you think is happening. Yes. So yes. we did that. We had this whole yeah. thing planned at this yeah. party. Yeah. Um, and I was telling this story. Well, the first part of that story <laughs> is I dropped the F bomb because um, it's part of a quote that's in this story of like yeah. saying faggot. Yeah. I wasn't confident in it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't confident in the story. Yeah. First time doing it. Yeah. And again, if you're not confident to say that word, you shouldn't be saying that word, even though I'm bi and I acknowledge I'm part of the community and stuff like that. It was yeah. like I was in my head from the get go from that story. Yeah. Um, Which don't you think we should give ourselves grace to not be confident the first time we do something? I, we did. We should. Yeah. But like I started not this getting expectation that we have to be good the first time we do something. It's insane. It's unreachable. Well, like I, I do I this. I, I do the story. And I agree. I agree. But in hindsight, hindsight being twenty twenty, yeah. it's not fun <laughs> to do yeah. it, do something, and fail the first. Hour. Oh, I bombed this story. It bombed yeah. hard, and then yeah. like I still like took my shirt off halfway through and have the slut half midriff shirt, and it yeah. didn't do anything. It was just yeah. awkward. Yeah. And then I had a panic attack on stage so bad that I gave Roscoe the mic into my set early, and I went to the bathroom and threw up. Yeah. And then I left. Oh. I was like, uh, yeah. and then like, because my thoughts were, I like, I wasn't ashamed that I bombed. I'm, I'm okay with bombing. Yes, that's part. I of I was it. ashamed because I felt like I was offending people, mm-hmm. and I never wanted to get into this with the goal of offending somebody. Right. And so I was texting Roscoe that night saying, "Take me off the showcase next week. I shouldn't be doing this." Yeah. And he was like, "Talking me off a ledge. Like, don't. You're, you're fine. Nobody yeah. even remembers this fucking set." Yeah. And the thing that was, I said, "Faggot" in front of Brett. Yeah, okay. and Brett sitting. Brett was the co-host. How was she? She was fine. She doesn't oh, yeah. remember the set. Oh yeah, so she. It's was fine. all in my head. It's Nobody to her. <laughs> yeah, and I just, I was so in my head that night, and yeah. then I had drinks to take my nerves off. Yeah. I was fucked up in the head, and then I had an anxiety panic attack on the stage. Well, part of that could have been from the claustrophobia. Yes, though. too. You know, like just so, everything, I mean, and I wasn't confident you know. in my story. Yeah, and I still haven't told that story late yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. it needs a lot of work. Yeah, you'll get there. But yeah, like that's. So that's that was like the worst moment on my on the stage so far, and that was yeah. a week before my first showcase. Oh, we need to. So I think we're pretty yeah. much done with the list, but I do have. Um, I do remember one more thing on okay. the list. The first time you do a set and nobody laughs the entire five minutes, or even looks looks at you, there. It's happened. Has it happened yeah. to you? It happened to me. Um, I I couldn't make it through the whole five minutes. I got to about the three and a half, maybe maybe made it to four, and I'm just like I can't do this it was at a bar and people were just talking amongst themselves even the comics had their backs to me the comic table yeah they were talking some of the comics had their back to me talking to the other comics they talked amongst themselves and i couldn't see the ones facing me yeah. you know and and then the there was there wasn't very many people there there was like two tables and here's what happened before i got up they two table everybody was engaged in all the comedians they were laughing they were paying attention eye contact everything I got behind the mic. Everybody just turned to their own table. Like they just turned away yeah. and started talking amongst themselves before I had even started. That's what happened to me at the Starlight that night. And so when I talk the, about clicks, that's what I, that's kind of the, th- the vibe I get sometimes. You got to kind of know. I didn't it's perform like, again for 13 days. And at, I didn't realize how much it affected me during that 13 days. I had done some marketing and my business took off and I was crazy busy. Yeah. So I was like, I'm I'm really busy. I have to focus on this. Yeah. I'm starting a new business. I have to focus, but then I'll get back. But then, so we got through that. And on the 13th day, I was like, okay, I need to get back in there. That's when I realized you didn't perform because you're semi-traumatized by what happened. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I realized that. And I was like, that really messed with me more than I realized. I Thankfully, when I went back to perform the next time, it was like one of my best experiences. So it kind of soothed. I was like, okay, this is, this is, I'm still okay. So was it like, did they like owe you your family a, a debt or something? Was it like Hatfields versus McCoys? No. I'm just, I'm just flabbergasted. Like, how are you getting laid more than I am? And how are you needing, how are you not needing a sponsor like Blue Chew? Which again, could be a sponsor of Unloading Meat, but they're not right now. If you'd like to change that and stop hearing about Stefano's sexual escapades, reach out to your favorite sponsors like Blue Chew and tell them to sponsor Unloading Meat. Now, back to the episode. Like I'm, a, I'm like I'm the big guy that like thinks he's little and tries to make himself small in the room. Yeah, I'm never that yeah. guy that's like knows his own size or anything like that yeah. until you piss me off. Yeah, I've always been that guy that like if you could really really tap into my rage or get me run. Oh yeah, but it takes a lot. Like I'm I'm the big yeah. cuddy like teddy teddy bear guy. Yeah. guy. So like, you do need a bodyguard. Yeah. You need like a feisty little. I'm the bodyguard. emotional big guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm the big yeah. softy. Yeah. And I'm very aware with that. Like, I try to present that a lot and be so less threatening because I know I'm a big dude with tattoos yeah. and first appearances are like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's really going to fuck something up. Uh, yeah. It's like, no. Everybody gets so like, yeah, like it yeah, just they happens. think the size yeah. has something and it's like, no, that aggression comes from within. Yeah. And if it's not there, it's not there. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think it's that time that we uh, talk about the preheat. Oh, I've got I've got one for you. Okay, you wear. I'm sure you're aware of the preheat. So, guys, mm-hmm. welcome to the preheat. The preheat. Ooh, it's hot. And on the preheat, if you want to send your submissions by now, um, you can at unloadingmeat.com slash. Oh, I'm sorry, unloadingmeat at gmail.com subject preheat, and uh, I will read your dirty, disgusting, homophobic, whatever comment you want to put about me or my guests. But you have to include a photo of yourself so that I can retort. That's the rules. Um, to introduce this segment, Sarah, you said you got some preheat jokes for me. What do you got for me? I have one. Okay. Let's <laughs> one. hear it. Let's hear it. All right. Let it's me a- think of it. I thought of it this morning, so let me rethink of it You're and good. get it lined up. Give our audience a good roast joke for old Jared <laughs> fat ass right here. Um, okay, I got it. Okay. All right. This guy... I'm already laughing. <laughs> the mattress spring size of your bed is Alpha Magnum point five zero zero. Say something funny, Wendy. We can't wait. I'm not funny. Hey, girls are funny, Wendy. Okay, get over it. Just do women's comedy stuff. You know, talk about how fat you are and how you want to have sex with guys and then say, my vagina a lot. I don't feel like being funny right now. And that's just the kind of sexist bullcrap that's going to keep you in the kitchen. Sit your ass down. I don't get it. Meaning it just big, like the springs are big okay. and heavy. Okay. okay. So uh, I, I'll work on that. <laughs> and then it's the okay. point, point five oh oh is, is, is a half an inch. So if okay. you imagine like a, a spring this a half inch around, okay. like how big that would be. Okay. So I'll it's work a, on that. It's okay. That's my first time to... Boy, I'm gonna kill it on <laughs> I got one. For, I already have one written for you. If you want to hear it, I do. I do. You look like Dharma after Greg left her. Oh, I love. 
gosh. I have not thought about that show in a long time. Dude, I love deep cuts like that. Oh, no. I, I'm not even sure I watched it long enough to see, but I know exactly who. And it's she, a small enough reference her. that people will just get the, yeah. Yeah, I know her. I so know. that's one I'm giving away for the insult attack I had on oh, you already. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, no, I'm a little nervous. I want to do insult attack. I don't do low-hanging fruit. I and try desperately not to. I tr- same. And that's why I want us to meet, because I want to kind of get to pe- get to yeah. know people a little bit. Otherwise, you're just telling the obvious joke, and that's not fun. So, um, Well, again, guys, if you want to yeah. be on the preheat, make sure. Did I send that right? Oh, it didn't do it. There we go. Guys, if you want to be preheat, make sure to send your submissions to unloadingme at gmail.com, subject preheat, and include a photo of yourself so we can retort and make fun of your asses. All right. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on. I know. I, I didn't mean, you, what, what were you talking about? An insult. I don't know why. I just got in that, that like, finish the preheat. It, like, came in my mind. Like, finish the preheat segment. <laughs> just, like, oh, yeah. No. Yeah. That's uh, fine. That's fine. What, what uh, were we talking about? You said, uh, what were you saying on Oh, insult? I was just saying, I want to do it, but it's it's one of those things where you do it, where you're, you know you're challenging yourself. You know, you're yeah. not going into it like, oh, I have all these great ideas. It's like, no. I've accepted the challenge, and now I've got to pull something out of yeah. thin air. And On, hope, honestly, hope it's not terrible. Honestly, it was probably the most fun I've had at any of the Tulsa shows so far. Good. Um, I kind of feel like kind of feel like I found myself a lot more at the roast battle. Okay. Than anything else, as far as like. Like I, I feel like because I, you know I even have a roast segment on my show. Like I'm mm-hmm. very into roasting and like yeah. improv and like crowd work. I want to be that kind of a style comedian, and. The roast battle was an opportunity to like, dude, go creative, just go wild on yeah. like five jokes for everybody a piece. Yeah. And I try to not do low hanging fruit and just try to really think about it. That's cool. And pop in pop culture references that I know the audience would get and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know, my creative went, creativity went wild so much that I now think that it's going to be part of my main set. It's just I have to crowd work and roast people. Yeah. So I like all different kinds of comedy. I lo- I started going to the insult attack years before, uh, yeah. before the pandemic, I think. Um, I also like so there's Kindle's open night and it's like the trashy dirty. I've not been to Kindle night, yet. and I love that we have that because we have Is all these tonight? rules. It's on Thursday, Thursday nights. Today's Thursday. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see Lacey Rains be a clown tonight. Well, if things work, I'm still working on whatever happened with this one girl. So yeah. I don't know what my plans are tonight as far as that shit. So yeah, <sighs> no. So Kindle's um is the outlet if you really want to kind of be dirty raunchy whatever yeah. they do not care and that's the place I need and to that go. is that's welcomed I need and to i go. love that there's a place like that because one of the things that surprised me about Tulsa comedy i mean i just did not know what to expect yeah um it's this is a whole brand new thing it's so different from watching it yeah. doing it is completely different from watching it yeah. you know and you see the behind the scenes there's so many rules there's so many rules yeah it, it's almost you have to be a clean comedian. Yeah. And I come up through the 80s and 90s where the raunchier the better. You know, I mean, like it was comedy was raunch. Can, can I say, you know, and I'm I'm OK with it. I like it. I'm just surprised. So I am, too. But like yeah. the rule as far as the loony bin is there, because like you said, there hasn't been a scene in Tulsa. And yeah. for the longest time, the Looney Bin was the only place. That's why I stopped for 15 years, because once I thought I was yeah. canceled there, I couldn't go anywhere else. So right. I just stopped. Just like, I gave nothing. up. Um, those rules are still the same as the rules they were back then. But I think what they're trying to do is give a baseline of they until they trust somebody, Yeah, uh-huh. they want to have a baseline. Yes. 
and trust works both ways. So once they yes. see your set, they might see that you can actually bend the rule, bend to that, and yes. actually follow the rules. Then they're gonna be open once you get a spotlight or a showcase. Because if you watch people that are mm-hmm. booked there, yeah. they're filthy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. the open mics aren't, and that makes sense because you don't want to give a mic to just anybody. Yeah, and give them free reign, especially that's, when it's a place like that's Bend. risky. Yeah, that could get them canceled or shut mm-hmm. down or anything. Yep. Yep. Um, Something go viral. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I That's, mean, their logo is behind that fit, that clip. Yeah. That makes so sense. Once you pull apart, and like, honestly, like, the more that I did this business side of the podcast and have those like itineraries sent out and Stefano sends out the questionnaires and stuff, um, we try to treat it like a full business so that way we can kind of weed out that stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I can tell who pays attention basically who actually mm-hmm. responds. Yeah. And how much effort they're going to put into this podcast based on who responds to those emails. Yeah. And yeah. like, I knew you were prepared and like, you have, yeah. your li- I, I love this interview so far. I hope you like, okay, awesome. I'm, that pleases like, me. I'm, <laughs> I, I am being genuine. This is one of the I best interviews. I love it interview- too. I love it too. I'm being genuine. This is one of my favorite interviews we've done. Okay. Just seriously. Oh my God. Um, because now that is, that is the, um, that's the gold for me. That's, I'm, yeah. I'm being honest. Like, yeah. I like connecting with people, but I also like, I like to be able to, give advice and talk and i hope you know that i have no ego or anything about it i want everybody to come up with me yes and that's what the entire goal of this show is my channel build fucking tulsa up that's all i want to do because they've been grateful to me and the people that aren't grateful to me or help me out they're Mm -hmm. not going to be on this show yeah and that's as simple as it is yes and um i like that so thank you for coming on it's been awesome getting to know you i consider you a friend now i was thinking about it for several weeks before and i ran into you at looney bin yeah and i was thinking i would love to be on that show or love to get to a point where i would be on that show and then you were like i want you to come on my show i'm like let's do this i go by energy and if people are nice to me and like coming to talk to me at the show and stuff that's how i want to book people okay well, I'm honored. I'm um, honored. Yeah. I feel also I do have a tiny bit of ego. Yeah. A little bit. Um well, I mean, we all do. You know, every time I tell someone, I was like, I'm filming a podcast <laughs> next week. That ego was there. Yeah. It was there. Yeah. And I could see it. it and I, I indulged yeah. it a little bit. I'm like, oh, next Thursday I'm gonna film a podcast. Well, I'm like I, I <laughs> And I felt like, oh girl, you're really doing something. Well, you're not the only person that's been on here that's uh Said that this is their first podcast. Okay. Like, and I kind of yeah. feel proud, like, being the yeah. first podcast for a lot of people. And I, that's why, I, like, I want to set the bar high. Like, I want to put yeah. a lot of work into this and, like, show, yeah. like, yeah. there's a certain level I'm trying to achieve. Yeah. And being on here, not like, not that I'm like, you should be grateful for being on. No. I'm like, I want it to be like, take this seriously because I'm taking it so seriously and yeah. I'm taking you seriously. Because yeah. I want to build yeah. a platform not just for myself, but for you. Yeah. So the people that are taking that seriously, I'm going to fuck with. Yeah. That's just as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah, bring the value. Do yeah. the work, bring the value. Absolutely. And anything yeah. that starts drama, I'm just going to be polite and casually try to avoid. And yeah. that's just how I do business. I think that's best. Um, and it keeps your energy good and yeah. keeps your energy high and you're yeah. not being brought down. Because anything that's ever going to jeopardize this podcast, this show, or anything I'm going to put out is never going to happen. Yeah. I'm, I have to cut yeah. that line. You have to be. So this, my biggest yeah. advice for you for today, just from talking to you the most, and I think we've talked about it throughout, but my be all end all from today is I have oh the community is so opening but you always have to have a little bit of a guard up to defend yourself don't try to please every single person oh you no. can't no and I'm not saying you are yeah. that's something personally that I've been struggling with these last yeah. couple months and I've had to just constantly be like stop okay so like that's something I'm cognizant with every show every now like I'm trying to and that's not a bad thing. In fact, I kind of can go too far the other direction. Yeah, I can. I set my eye on the goal, 
and I go down, I barrel down the train tracks 90 miles an hour, and I almost have a kind of this baseline setting of, I don't give a shit what you're doing. I know yeah. this is what I'm doing. But a little bit of that attitude goes a long way. Yeah. <laughs> I never want to get def- feel like defensive or feel like I'm angry. Man. I'm going to take my mic and I'm going to walk and sit next to them. Yeah. And I'm going to just talk and I'm just going to, I'll fucking riff on them. What's going on? You know, yeah. what's going on? So, and so you look yeah. like this or like that, you know, yeah. having a good drink, motherfucker. And just, you know, just joke and have fun and like yeah. try to pick the energy. I'm not roasting. I'm not making mm-hmm. fun. I'm like, I need to get this audience back. Yeah. You get in the audience. back. Um, mm-hmm. If they're not going to pay attention to me, I'm going to make them pay attention to me. Yeah. And I kind of have to develop that ego a little bit. Um, I don't know if you saw my clip at the Ruby bar. I put like a 45 second clip on my YouTube. Uh, Remind me. Uh, we I were might doing have o- seen it, but we were doing open mics, and the entire night, this group at the bar was not paying attention, just being loud and just doing their own <gasps> yes, thing. Yes, I did see that. And so when I did my set, I got pissed yeah. off, and I just sat down next to them, and I just did my set at the fucking bar. Yeah, <laughs> I was I just like, that. "Fuck these people." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just did my set. And I didn't even acknowledge them. I just sat down and just kept yeah. doing my set like this. Yeah, and that's funny. I just I wanted to have fun because at a certain point, I'm like, "We're here to have fun," and the only people that are having fun are these people being assholes at this corner of the bar. Yeah. We're going to have fun, too. Yeah. And that's what my job is, to have fun and be a comedian and yeah. an entertainer. If I'm not doing that, what the fuck am I doing on the stage with the microphone? Yeah. That's kind of how I am right now. Um, yeah. I need to get back to being funny first, fuck everybody else second. As, yeah. Within reason, you know, respectfully. I know what you mean. Having that initiative. Yeah. And not just kind of, yeah. I, oh, I don't want to play nice. Oh, I don't want to offend anybody. Oh, yeah. oh shit, I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings on that part if I did that, because I don't really talk to them that well. But I don't know if they'll take that joke well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck all that. I have. I do have all of that. I yeah. Yeah, I do have all of that. I'm like, don't. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I want to be aware. I take social issues very seriously. Yeah. and our past, our history of um, oppression and yeah. everything is so serious. I don't want to accidentally yeah. downplay something that shouldn't. I shouldn't, and you know yeah. all that. So. Yeah, I have all that madness going on too. So that was just my thing. Is like. I got to learn to get that callus back up and just go for the funny. Yeah. If it's funny and you have the confidence behind it, fuck everybody else. It's going to be funny. Yep. And just go for it. Yep. Um, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. Um, where can everybody follow you at? Where can they find you at? You can find me on Facebook, Sarah Buntain. Okay. B U. B-U-N-T-A-I-N. Thank you. Because even I need that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Did we get it? We got it. We got it. We got it. Okay. Um, and then your YouTube, right? What was the YouTube? Was it? I have a YouTube channel where I post random okay. comedy, all kinds of things, all kinds of impulse posting goes on at my YouTube channel, which is Sarah Buntain Comedy. Nice. Thank you. And uh, guys, I have been Jared Ralphie Allen. This has been Sarah Buntain. Thank you so much for coming on on the Loading Meat. Take care, guys. Have a good night. Peace. Bye, have a great time.